I hope you're ready for the word today. Um, we're continuing on with our heroes message theme, and today we're going to touch on several of them. We're going to talk about Abraham, we're going to talk about Sarah, and we're going to talk about Jacob. These three people have something in common, and it's this each of them had their names changed by God. Let's start with Abraham and Sarah. Genesis 17 and 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. That kind of reminds me of last week, what Noah did. And I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee you, count to, I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground and then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. You will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become, will become many nations, and kings will be among them. Look at verse 15. And then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Abraham and Sarah, or Abram and Sarai. If you ever feel unworthy to be a spiritual hero, do you raise your hand? Do you ever feel unworthy to be a spiritual hero? If you ever... You just need to read chapters 12 through 18 of Genesis about Abram and Sarai, and you will think that you should be on the spiritual Mount Rushmore. Let me tell you a little about them. First of all, they lied and they deceived. Abraham one time pretended that his wife was his sister, so much so that Pharaoh took her into his palace to be one of his wives. Sarah has her husband have sex with a servant so that they can have a son. This is actually the reason for the Middle East conflict, etc. They both blatantly laughed at a word from God while God was still speaking. You can read it. Both of them laughed when God said, this is what's going to happen. Both of them laughed. And yet, even with them lying, deceiving, unbelieving, God's will was still accomplished through them. One of the keys to them doing all that God had for them to do was for them to be all that God intended them to be or for them to be who God intended them to be. This is why it was important for God to change their name. Let me say something. They're going to bring it on the screen. Your destiny is tied to your identity. Who you are is what you end up doing. Let's talk about Sarai for a minute. The word Sarai in the original language means diminutive, taking dominion. In other words, Abraham, Abram, you go sleep with that servant girl so that we can have a son. And because of this, she set the entire world in disorder. There's wars now because of that one decision that she talked him into doing. And then Abram, the Bible's, the, the original language of Abram's name means father. Well, first of all, that's a joke. 
He's 99 years old, and his name means father. Plus, that was, what not, that was not what God had called him to be. He had called Abram not just to be a father, but to be a father of a multitude of nations. So God changed their names. The word Sarah means mother. The word Abraham doesn't just mean father. It means the father of many nations. To fully understand the power of what God did by changing their names, you got to go back to Exodus. When God told Moses what his name was, God, God told Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell him uh, that he's time to let my people go. And, and, and no, Moses said, well, who am I supposed to tell him sent me? And God says, tell him that I am that I am sent you. Or one translation says, I will be what I will be. Or you may know it by these letters, Y-H-W-H. Translated Yahweh or Jehovah. Dr. Bill, uh, Dr. Bill, <laughs> Dr. Bill Frassfield, Dr. Phil Brassfield is not only one of our overseers, but he is also our pastor. And he spoke years ago at the hills about this. And he talked about the name of God. And it, it, stood, it stood out to me and it stuck with me. You know, that, those words, those letters, Y-H-W-H, were not supposed to be written or pronounced. Nobody, no, they were so holy, they were so sacred that nobody would say them and nobody would write them down. So that's why they came up with other titles like Adonai, which means my Lord, or Hashim, which means the name. The rabbis would teach that the secret name of God, Y-H-W-H, is the sound of breathing. Think about this when you inhale and exhale. Do it at home. In other words, each time we breathe, we are declaring God's name. The name of God. So look what God did when he changed Abraham and Sarah's name. And this is the part that Dr. Brassfield pointed out to us. God added the H from his secret name to both Sarai and Abram. He became Abraham. And she became Sarah. God took a part of his name and placed it in their, in their name. And in a year after he renamed them, this 90-year-old woman becomes pregnant because of a name change. God does not just change your name. He gives you a part of his. Do you know the name of God is actually embedded in the name of Jesus? Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua. It means Jehovah is salvation. So when he said his own son and he, the angel said, you will name him Jesus, it was important that they named him what the angel told them to because part of God's name was in the name of Jesus. And then there's Jacob. Jacob, his name means hill grabber. Hill grabber, what does that mean? Well, Jacob was a second born twin. His, his twin Esau came out first. And the Bible tells that as, as Esau came out, that they noticed that he, there was somebody grabbing hold of his heel. And it was, it was Jacob holding on to that heel. Because Jacob, all his life, it was about getting ahead. 
Everything he did. And he used deception. Jacob was a deceiver. You can read the Bible tells us a story how he caught his brother during a weak moment and he stole his birthright. He said, I'll give you some food if you'll give me your birthright. And in a weak moment, Esau gave away the birthright. And then the birthright wasn't enough. He also had to get his father's blessing. And so he deceived his blind, dying father by pretending to be his brother Esau to get the blessing. So everything Jacob did, he did it out of deception. And now we find him in Genesis 32. He's on the run away from an angry brother. And here's what the Bible tells us. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Now, this word man, it could be several things. It could be the angel of the Lord. Some theologians believe it was a theophany, which would be God putting himself in, in placing himself in, in human form. We don't really know for sure, but we know that this, this figure, this individual, this, this God-like character, spiritual character that had robed itself in some flesh, wrestled with him. Verse 25, And when the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with him. And the scripture tells us that Jacob walked with a limp the rest of his life. Let me just say this. Let me preach just a minute. When God touches you, you're going to walk different. Amen? Come on, let me hear an amen at home right here. How about somebody in the kitchen? Just give me an amen. Verse 26, And the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. And the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Out of all of the things that this man could have blessed Jacob with, the one thing he blessed him with was the one thing that Jacob needed, a new name. No longer will you be Jacob, the hill grabber, the deceiver, but you're going to be Israel, a prince with God and man. From a deceiver to the name by which God's chosen people will be called the people of Israel. Think about that. And I love this. Jacob didn't just allow his name to be changed, but the scripture tells us right there that Jacob also changed the name of the place where he was. That place where he wrestled with God. The name of it when Jacob showed up was Luz, which means a dead, dry almond branch but he said from now on this will be called Bethel which means the house of God listen to me Hills family when we are changed then we can in turn change our surroundings but it starts with us I know we talk about changing our surroundings we want to have better neighborhoods and better communities and we want to reach this city for the Lord and we want to we want to see the Tennessee that God sees but if we can't change our surroundings until we allow God to change us first do you know that your name is the most valuable thing that you can have? Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 21 and 1, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. I'm looking at some of you right now through this lens, but I'm looking at you and I know that you're not proud of your name. You would do anything to change it. Well, let me tell you, God wants to give you a new one. 
There used to be an old TV show that we were watching, and right before, right before we were going, it would say, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. That's what God wants to do with you. The name that you, you, that you have had, you should be destroyed because of what you've done. You should spend eternity in hell because of what you've done. You shouldn't be blessed in this life because of what you've done, but God wants to give you a new name to protect your innocence. God wants to place His name on you. God wants to cover you with His grace. He wants to cleanse you by His blood. He wants to set you free. That's what you can have. And all it takes is you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. All it takes is for you to ask Him to forgive you of your sins, repent of your sins, and walk away. Now there's some of you that you've worked hard for your good name. But I'm going to tell you, it's not near as good as the one he wants to give you. Listen to this. John 1 and 12 says this, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know what happens with a child? The child takes on the father's name. He doesn't just want you to be a follower. He wants you to be a child. He wants you to be so close to him that he places his name on you. And just like Sarah and Abraham, God wants to give you a new name. The Bible says that when we're baptized in Christ, we take on Christ. That means he takes his name and he puts it over us. When you accept him as your savior, you become a son and a daughter of God. You take on his name. When you, the Bible calls us the bride of Christ. What does the bride do? She takes on the name. We're the body of Christ. Guess what this hand's name is? John Ragsdale. Not just this face. Every part of my body is John Ragsdale. That's how powerful it is. So many different ways that God wants to give you a new name today. And I'm believing you. I'm believing with you for it. I believe that God is going to give you a new identity so that you can fulfill the destiny that he has for me. Come on, can I get an amen today? I want to pray for you. God, I pray for those right now that have been struggling. I pray, God, for those that uh, are despondent. They have despair in their life. They're not sure what they're going to do. They feel like they've made too many mistakes. They feel like they're behind. They're behind. How are they ever going to catch up? God, I pray right now that you would fill them with hope. I pray right now that you would flood that room where they are and you would fill them with peace and with joy and with strength, God. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray for those today, God, that, that need to, to establish a relationship with you. That, God, they would feel the pulling of your Holy Spirit at this moment right now. If that's you, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, I want to lead you in a prayer today that's going to change not only your name, but your eternity. Or maybe you want to make a recommitment to the Lord. You want to be closer to Him than you've ever been before. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Come on, some of our crew here, uh, those of you at home, pray with us. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I want a new name. I want a new identity so I can fulfill the destiny that you've called me to. Forgive me of my sins for doing things my own way. Today I'm reaching for you as a child. I want you in my life. Take everything that I am. Change me. Make me a new creature. Forgive me for all my past. And God, I'm leaning into the future today. Cover me with your grace. Fill me with your spirit. And help me to live an overcoming, abundant, and everlasting life in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on. We celebrate with you today for praying that prayer. Amen. Amen.